Welcome into the Cyclone Fanatic Instant Reaction Podcast, presented as always by our friends at Carl Chevrolet. If you're looking to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle, check them out at Carl Chevrolet of Ankeny, Carl Chevrolet of Stewart, exit 90 at The Rock in Ankeny, and then just west of the Des Moines Metro out in Stewart, or you can always find their full inventory online, carlchevrolet.com, carlchevroletstewart.com. Iowa State with a 76 to 58 loss to Oklahoma State this afternoon down in Stillwater. Weird weekday mid-afternoon game uh, here in the in the Big 12. Uh, bringing on my buddy Austin Hurst to to break this one down. And man, I think that this was just a game where you know from from really early on with what Oklahoma State was able to do in transition, Iowa State just didn't have the horses really to be able to keep up in this game. Absolutely. They, uh, they just kind of got jumped on right from the beginning and, and couldn't catch up. And like you said, it was just a clear athletic mismatch, um, especially individually, just beating them off the dribble and um, a lot of dunks early. And Iowa State just got buried early and, and couldn't get themselves out. Right. And obviously Caleb Cunningham is the, you know, kind of the headliner of that entire deal. Uh, he finished with 21 points seven assists, five rebounds, uh, seven of 12 from the field, four of six from three, had 13 points. Seemingly, it seemed like immediately in the game uh, and kind of cooled off from there. But um, man, I mean, this is this was just a perfect example of when you have a team that is capable of breaking Iowa State down off the dribble. Uh, guys that can straight line you, which Oklahoma State has a bunch of. Caleb Boone remains a tough matchup for Iowa State. He had 15 points on seven of eight from the field with five rebounds. I mean, the Cyclones are going to be in trouble, man. They just don't have the perimeter defenders that it takes to really, you know, keep up with teams like that. No, nope. They don't have the the individual perimeter defenders um, to to keep up with a team like that. Um, combined with just how much they've struggled on offense. They're not going to be able to put up enough points to, to keep up with that. And, and just the, the whole team uh, defense, I think is honestly just the, the biggest thing that Iowa state has struggled with this year with, you know, the, the limited preseason and, and the COVID pause um, just defenses is just all repetition and communication, especially team defense. And, and that's just clearly lacking right now. And, and something that they haven't been able to, to figure out. And I think that's a big reason why. Yeah. And that's something that, especially in this game, I mean, this is, it's not really a new issue, but I mean, Oklahoma state was just completely able to abuse Iowa state with pick and rolls. And, you know, you and I were texting through basically the entirety of the game, trying to figure out what Iowa state was trying to do with its pick and roll coverages. And, when you and I sit there for a whole game and we can't figure it out, that gives a pretty good idea of like what, of how bad it was. Uh, but I mean, I, I just, I think that that's really, if you want to look at like why a good example of where those issues come into to play, it's, it's there. Um, I mean, just a sheer number of wide open looks that they got at the rim uh, with the, the role guys, uh, the miscommunications that there would be on who's supposed to be on help side and things like that. I mean, it just, it makes it a really tough matchup for them when they can't, you just can't keep anybody in front of you, you know? And uh, I mean, I think you got to give Oklahoma state some credit that their team is, that team is pretty good uh, when, when they've got Cade Cunningham and any team would be, but I mean, they just, they can just abuse you with their, their ability to drive to the basket. 
Yeah. Yep. They, they pretty much just tried to, to space Iowa State out and, and set ball screens. And uh, like you stated, we were trying to figure out the whole game, how Iowa State was attempting to defend those screen and rolls. And, and that's just one of the, the big issues that Iowa State's had all year is, is just pick and roll defense. Um, you know, just uh, whether it's, you know, the, the big man, um, you know, struggles on it or the guard that's trying to either fight through the screen or, or however they're trying to defend it or the backside help. Uh, one of those three things has always seemed to be failing. And, and it's just obviously a, a big reason why Iowa State's defense has been so poor this year, among, among other things. But today this was uh, what I thought was the biggest issue for sure. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it goes to where, again, to, to having the ball handlers that you need to really be able to attack it because Kansas tried to do it a lot too. But, I mean, anybody who's watched Kansas a lot this year knows that their biggest issue right now is they just don't have a point guard. And, uh, you know, once they have one, like that that roster probably will be pretty good. Uh, but these teams that have a guy who are, who's capable of attacking you that requires a lot of attention just by himself – you know, you're just, you're going to end up in a tough situation. And um, Iowa State's not good enough offensively to make up for how poor they are at some of those things on defense. And like at this point, I don't even know. I don't know where you analyze it because I don't think that it can change. You know, like I don't think all of a sudden any of these guys to tomorrow we're going to be like, man, we stunk in pick and roll coverage. You know, we really need to work on this and then just get a whole bunch better. You know, going into Saturday against Oklahoma. Right. I, I completely agree. And I will give Iowa state um, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I mean, there's not many teams in the country that, that have a six, seven point guard with, with that passing ability and scoring ability. And, you know, that's really, really tough to defend and pick and roll. And there's a lot of teams that have had issues guarding Cunningham this year, but uh, just the fact, like you said, uh, just it's, it's been a repeated problem. Um, you know, it hasn't always been a, Cade Cunningham that, you know, they, they didn't even face him the first time. And I, I agree. I just, I don't know what the answer is. Um, you know, it almost seems like, I mean, maybe we're, you know, just, you know, not analyzing the situation correctly, but it, it almost seems like they try to switch up their ball screen coverage, you know, multiple times during the game, because we're trying to figure out what they're doing. But, you know, the issue is, what they're, even if they are trying to switch it up, it, it's not working. And, you know, maybe the answer is to just go with one ball screen coverage and, and constantly practice that. But at the same time, like you and I have said, we, we just don't even know, you know, they very well might be doing that and they're just not doing it well. So I, I don't know what the answer is either, unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's just starting to get bleaker and bleaker, man. You know, I think, it was like it, it started to feel maybe the middle of last week, like they were right on the edge of being able to get a win in one of these games. But just when you look at what the rest of the schedule is, you know, I mentioned it before. Sorry, sorry, everybody. Lolo is really not impressed with the fact that my roommates just came home. But, uh, you know, when you look at Oklahoma coming up on Saturday, you, uh, who knows what's going to happen with that Texas game that was supposed to be played on Thursday. But then, I mean, you're going to get Baylor next week, you know, it just, I, I just don't see a win left. You know, I guess you probably can assume that Mike Miles will probably play for TCU the next time that they play. Who knows what happens if you lose two more games before then? I mean, this is just, 
it's frustrating, dude. Like I, I wanted these guys to get a win so badly, but just every game, you know, since that TCU one, I feel less and less confident that they'll even be able to get that one. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's clear even today, you know, they, they kind of got blitzed at the beginning of that game, but they, they fought back and clawed back into that game. Um, you know, Steve Prome has not lost this team. Uh, this team has not quit on him and that's a credit to him. Uh, but at the same time, I, I agree. I don't know what the path is to get a win. Um, you know, I, I really, you know, with how well Oklahoma's playing, even Baylor coming off the pause, you know, that's a, a veteran team. Um, and I'm sure they'll be able to have a, a little bit of practice before that game. Um, you know, so TCU is probably looking like your, your most realistic shot. And I think, you know, really for, for these guys and, and what Iowa state needs to do is, you know, just constantly, you know, trying to almost grow towards that TCU game, you know, you're, you're going to face different challenges from very good Oklahoma and Baylor teams. And, you know, hopefully that, you know, playing those games can, can help build some confidence to, to take on a lesser TCU team. And that's just the tough thing about the big 12 this year is, you know, it's such a deep league. And if you're, you know, if if there's any sort of discrepancy at all, it's exposed. And that's what's happening to Iowa state right now. Yeah. This is a really tough year to be outmanned (laughs) because everybody is so absolutely. I mean, the league is just so talented and that's where, I mean, that's not different really from any year, but like, there isn't anybody that you look at and it just feels like an autumn. I mean, I think maybe they could beat Kansas state, but that game probably isn't going to get rescheduled, you know, and it's just disappointing, dude, because I I really did think that these guys were going to be better going into the year. And I, I don't know. I think there's a whole like broad conversation to have it maybe later down the road, probably not today, but just on how the roster is constructed. Like, I just don't see how all these pieces were supposed to fit together. And who knows, it could have been different if you have a normal off season and all that kind of stuff, but it just, it seems like all the puzzle pieces are just mismatched right now. I mean, it's just, I, that's all I can sit there and watch. Like, I don't, I just don't see the way the puzzle's supposed to fit together to be effective, I guess. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, I think it's just kind of, you know, a, a, a random assortment of, you know, trying to collect the most, individual talent that that this staff could um, with with not a clear vision of how it would fit together and I think that unfortunately you know I think that just shows on on both uh, you know especially the offensive end in my mind Um, I think you know just watching this team you know they they really don't know how to coexist and and what their offensive identity is and I think a lot of that is is due to the roster construction. And, and like you said, that's probably another topic for another day, but just disappointing, you know, I mean, obviously every Iowa state fan out there, you know, is pulling for, for these guys and, you know, they, they haven't quit um, on this, on, on Steve or this program. So you want them to have success, but at the same time, looking at it from a realistic lens, just, you know, not sure if there's another win on the schedule, which is, is pretty disappointing. Yeah. And that's just where like, I've had a hard time just as a analyst, man, because it's, I really want them to win. (laughs) And I feel like, you know, there's probably people out there that think that I don't want them to win or think that I don't want Steve Prom to have success or things like that. And like, I'm too negative, but I just don't see it, man. 
you know, and that, that stinks, dude. That stinks because I, I mean, I think, you know, how much I love Iowa state basketball, you know, it's literally the thing that got me into really wrote me into Iowa state. And it just is, it is really frustrating to watch this because it, it just feels like every time that I watch them, I'm like, man, it doesn't feel like that long ago that all these pieces, you know, with Iowa State basketball just fit together so perfectly. And even when Steve Prohm was here, like it's not a Fred thing or anything like that. It's just like I it's just really frustrating to see how quickly it all kind of all of a sudden you're just left with a bunch of pieces, you know. I don't know. I, now I'm just venting, I guess. No, I'm I'm in the same exact boat and and I hope, you know, the people hear my words the same way of I I'm no way, shape or form rooting against Iowa state or, or wishing any ill will towards the program. I, I want them to win every single game. And, um, you know, I, I would hope that everybody else would too, but looking at it from a, a realistic lens and, and a, you know, a non-biased perspective, um, it's just tough to see, you know, the, the success going forward with what's in place now. I mean, there's a lot that can change, um, in terms of, you know, player personnel and all that, obviously there's, there's some exciting pieces coming in next year, but then you just kind of run into the same issue of, of figuring out how it's going to fit together. And I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know, it, it's just, it's kind of, it almost at times just puts you at a loss for words, you know, of, of kind of where we're at, you know, nobody ever, you know, envisioned that we'd be in a situation like this. And now that you're here, it's just, you, you don't even really know how to describe it. And nobody knows the answer of, of how to get out of it. Right. When all of a sudden, like you're staring down the barrel of Owen 15 or Owen 16, like it just feels inexplicable, <laughs> you know? And like, there's so many different things. Like we can sit and talk about ball screen coverages and like all that kind of stuff. But it's like, man, like, I, I don't know, like the guys just don't fit together, you know? And that's disappointing, but it's like, that's, and that would be one of my things where it's like, you know, what, what are you going to do in the future? Well, this isn't the first time that this has happened, you know, where like the roster just kinds of ends up being mismatched. Okay. Well, what do you, like, you know, next year you got more scholarships left to fill. Like you got guys that are coming back. Well, they don't really fit together anyway. Like we just saw that, like, what are you going to be able to bring in? That's going to make that big a difference. Like that's where my concern is, you know, it's like, how far can you afford or how many times can you afford to do this where you're just replacing people a year after year, you know, and you end up with seven or eight new guys on every team. Like guys, I don't think you can do that right now in college basketball. I mean, I, and I think that that's going to be shown out over the next several years where like the most important thing is going to be like continuity. You're seeing that at the top of the country right now, the teams that have continuity are the ones that win. I would say has no continuity. They don't win. You know, Duke has no continuity. They don't win. Kentucky has no continuity. They don't win. Like that is going to be a thing like more and more here over the next several years that I think really comes into play. And I don't know. That's why I'm frustrated. Like, I just, I don't, I think even if they did, you know, if Steve did get another year or anything like that, and like you come back and like, you've got to replace five new people, like, man, that's going to be tough, dude. Like all these teams in the big 12, like you're going to have all these guys coming back and then you're trying to start from square one again. So I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just venting at this point. Yeah, no, it just feels like you're, you know, you're kind of just stuck, you know, fighting this constant uphill climb and, 
that's, you know, we, we, the, the unfortunate part is, you know, me, me and you, we, we don't have the answer. And I, I think, you know, it's the, the biggest thing is, you know, nobody knows, you know, what, what the fix is. And I think honestly, unfortunately we're to the point of there is no easy fix. You know, there's no, just, you know, switch that you can flip. I mean, we're just at a point where we're genuinely at a crossroads to, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, we're in a sinking ship and it's, it's going to take a lot to, to write it. So, you know, I, I, I share that frustration with you. Um, you know, clearly everybody else does too. And, you know, when you, when you genuinely care about something so much, you know, you, you just are easily frustrated. And I think that's just where everybody's at right now. And, and with all this frustration, nobody just has the answer. And that's, that's probably the, the worst part. For sure, man. All right, dude, we'll, uh, we'll have to talk again soon. Hopefully they can uh, get some things going here this weekend you know, put up a good fight on Saturday against, uh, against a good Oklahoma team at, at Hilton Coliseum. And, um, I guess we'll just wait and see. Thanks again to Carl Chevrolet for being the presenting sponsor of the Cyclone Fanatic instant reaction podcast. Check them out online, carlchevrolet.com, carlchevrolet.stuart.com. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.